Well, welcome back to another episode of Light Beer, Dark Money. I'm Sean Noble. I'm Chris Clements. It's great to be here. So for yet another, what we call the rant. The rant. What's the big news this week, do you think? Big news. Well, Joe Manchin. Joe lays down the gauntlet. It's pretty interesting. Um, it's What's really interesting to me uh, is you've got some Democrats and more progressive sorts that are saying, you know, if you're not going to do this, then you should just switch parties. Well, if you switched parties, <laughs> they're effed. Because <laughs> all of a sudden, Kamala is not the swing, the deciding vote anymore yeah i've you know it's it's really interesting i i don't understand the the tactic i don't understand the strategy of trying to box a joe manchin or a kirsten cinema who we're friends with into into this position where they have to continue to say hey i believe in the integrity of the process i believe in the institution of the senate Stop asking me about the filibuster. Oh, and by the way, some of these bills that you want us to sign off on, my constituents really aren't keen on. They they need to be changed. Right. And what's I, I think, and this is something you know, be interesting for us to talk about in terms of our our you know our time in D.C. I mean, we know intuitively. This is why that the press is so disingenuous. They're, they're they're hammering Joe Manchin. They're hammering Kirsten Cinema. But meanwhile, there's eight, at least eight other senators, both Republican and Democrat, sitting in the corner saying, "You guys just keep right. taking those arrows for for us." So we we're not we're not you know maybe about five Democrats at who least. are on the hot seat. Yeah. And you you just Joe you you keep you and Kirsten keep doing that because we we can just kind of slither off into our offices and not be bothered when when they know that that they're not for this. You know, they're not for Senate Bill One, and they're not for torpedo and the filibuster either. Right. In fact, Byron York had a great article this week on his Daily Memo about uh, how many Democratic senators sent a, a, a letter to Mitch McConnell and um, and Chuck Schumer, the like last year or two years ago, decrying the uh, the efforts of then President Trump to torpedo the filibuster. It's, I mean, it is all about the the politics of the moment. Um, and, and really, you just have to go back to 2013 when Harry Reid mm. nuked the filibuster for uh, district and appellate judges. Um, and that came back to bite the Democrats in the ass when McConnell used it for the Supreme Court. Yeah. And so if they really want to go down that track, um, I mean... Just all you have to do is think forward, okay, so they're going to try to jam a bunch of stuff through, um, and then there's going to be a whiplash reaction by the public, and Republicans take control of the Senate in 2022, and then Republican a Republican wins the presidency in 2024. Oh, and by the way, the House goes Republican in 2022 as well. So then you've got all Republican control in 2025. A President DeSantis? Do they want no filibuster with a President DeSantis and a, and a Republican Senate and Republican House? 
I mean, yeah, I can't imagine I, they would want anything to do with something like that. And I think Mitch McConnell, to his credit, has made that very, very clear about what strategy they would pursue if if the shoe was on the other foot. Right. And it wouldn't be anything that that the other side, the opposition, would like, and they would be screaming as well. Um, so it's all just sort of. I think it's 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 all theater. Yeah, I was just going to say it's all theatrics. Um, I don't think anybody's really. Um, serious about it, I, especially when you have 10 senators, both Republican and de- Democrat, meeting weekly, and this, this is no big secret, to try to find bipartisan solutions to a lot of different you know, right. bills that are, that are coming or bills that really need to happen, right. whether it be infrastructure or, or anything else. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I, it, the thing that strikes me, well, I don't know why they would would blow up the filibuster for HR1 when there's going to be so much of that law that if it were to pass and be signed into law is going to end up as un, 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 being undone by the courts because it's unconstitutional. Sure. I mean it's just it, it it just doesn't make sense that they are putting all of that's the hill that they're going to die on. But nobody like you said it's theatrics and and maybe the the question is really what and some people in Washington have, have raised this are they doing this because they really want to implement the policy or are they doing this because they want to run against republicans on this issue for stopping this and well, i i think republicans are f- fine running on this issue they i think they're i think they're more than prepared to run on on federalism on the fact that yeah. the states have the right to implement their own elections to manage their own elections, well, it's both the in the state level and the local level, <laughs> yeah. and the federalization of of election law is is on its face con- unconstitutional. Right. So I think I think Republicans are fine with it. I think I think so much of it is theater because of ideologically where you know the Democratic Party finds itself. Yeah, and so you have this idea that you're going to pressure. Joe Manchin, who hails from West Virginia, which used to be a blue state, and now is deeply red. I mean, it was actually the this West Virginia Donald Trump carried large by a larger margin than any other state in the union. Well, I think there's only one other. There might have been. That might be. You know, I think North Dakota might have been even more for Donald Trump. But it, the point yeah. is, is, West Virginia is in the top tier of Trump supporter. And and so for states. Joe Manchin. He, <laughs> He's probably laughing at all this. Hey, I get all this attention, but I still have to go home, you know, three hours down the road well, and, and 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 meet my constituents. Oh, and by the way, you're going to strip me. Uh, there's there was this talk yesterday of stripping Joe Manchin of his committee assignments, and I mean that's James Jeffers 2.0. Yeah. Right. Well, the, what and don't forget. That this is not bad for Joe Manchin. No. For him to stand up to the left is definitely helping him at home. Sure. Um, he is a Democrat, but he's in a Republican state, so that's not a bad thing. Well, he could easily, and I've, I've kind of thought that this would happen this way, is that they're going to get to budget reconciliation in September. They're going to have all this. They're going to have to pass some sort of either continuing, you know, CR or something. And... Uh, Schumer is either going to pile everything into it 
or he's going to try to do it piecemeal, which I think is much harder for him. I think they pile. And, and, they, I, be and I think if they pile everything into it, and it's a bunch of stuff that Manchin's constituents and you know about four or five other senators' constituents don't want, I think it makes it very easy for Joe Manchin to say, I'm going independent. I'm not going to become a Republican. I'm going independent. Well, and then I will I will caucus with the Republicans. I actually and then you have a different yeah dynamic. I, I so here's why I I don't think that's going to happen is because hey, we're disagreeing. On we're disagreeing. On something. Great. It's great. <laughs> I mean, um, no, I, he, your perspective has, on this is actually great. He has way more power where he is right now. Sure. Because if he's because if he's the 51st Republican, then. It only takes, you know, he's any Republican could be the power broker, or any two Republicans could be the power broker at that point. Yeah. Um, so I think he'll stay as a Democrat, um, and he will continue to take the arrows, and he will feign frustration, and he will tell people stop asking me, but he'll be ne- winking and nodding, saying every time you ask me and I say no, my numbers go up at home. Yeah. <laughs> Theater. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm more popular at home than ever. Yeah, exactly. And, I'm gonna, and, and go ahead and primary me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> please. Yeah, I mean, they were talking about that the other day. The, the but he's AOC not up grant. until 2024, right? Yeah. So yeah, He's got yeah. some time. He's got a long runway. Well, let's put it this way. If the Republicans take control in 2022, he'll probably become a Republican. At yeah, that he'll point. probably. Yeah, it'll be timely for him to do yeah. that. Politicians do what is best for them. They're well, first I mean, and foremost self-interested. That's pretty much what Richard Shelby did. Yeah. yeah. He was a lifelong Democrat from Alabama, and the tide began to turn. And he's like, I'm going to go with the tide. And certainly in my state, I, I better I better hurry up and go. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think that's when, if he's going to switch. Uh, and he'll, have, maybe, it, maybe it, he'll fall, be able to easily make, make the argument that I didn't leave the Democrat Party, the Democrat Party left me, because they've gone so far to the left. Yeah, at the base. Um, I mean, <laughs> Joe Biden used to be like one of the most moderate senators in the Senate, <laughs> and now he's one of the most liberal presidents. Yeah, and it, 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 I mean, hailing from a very, uh, you know, a blue bit low tax, low business tax state. Right. You know, Delaware exists because people, you know, businesses incorporate themselves in Delaware. There's a reason why. Exactly. Exactly. All right. What other news? Well, I mean, it's interesting you talk about the the tack to the left because there was some interesting news this week about one of our favorite subjects, and that is the AOC, <laughs> otherwise is, known is as Sandy, Sandy Cortez Sandy to her friends. So yeah. before she became Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she was a bartender named Sandy Cortez who interviewed for the job with Justice Democrats. Right. And they ran against an, an incumbent congressman and won. Yeah, you know, more well, power to them. A lot of people don't realize her. <laughs> she beat Joe Crowley, yeah. who was a probably in line to be the next speaker at that time. Um, had Pelosi, you know, he was, you know, the up and comer. And Democrat primary voters were very uh, they they don't turn out in big numbers in a rock you know, very blue district because it feels like, well, eh, not much going on. She won with, a, with not by, with 11,000 votes. Yeah. 11,000? Yeah. She got less than the typical state legislator. Yeah. 
So, I mean, since that time, she's become this sort of media phenomenon. And, uh, and she, uh, she tweeted last week that she had gone down to Puerto Rico, first time since the pandemic, to go visit her abuela or her grandmother. And she tweeted back pictures about how, what, the way her grandmother was living, which had a leaky ceiling and some other things. And that's, that's horrible. We, you know, that, that's, that's not, it's not right. And, uh, but she said that it was a failure of federal assistance and a failure of the Trump administration. And, and those policies can be debated back and forth. But what was interesting about the whole tweet is that a guy by the name of Matt Walsh, who um, – as a uh, podcast for the Daily Wire, uh, says, you know, what's, what's, what's really tra- a travesty about this is you left your, your grandmother down there in squalor and didn't <laughs> move her up to your million-dollar condo just two blocks from Nat Stadium. And then, he, you know, to try to help her abuela, he started a GoFundMe page, which raised $100,000 like in four hours. And then he got a um, – he and AOC were going back and forth over Twitter. And then he got a, uh, a letter, an email from GoFundMe saying that the family of the recipient ha- is declining, declining. <laughs> declining the, the funds. But, but, but he, touched on, he touched on something that's, that's absolutely – I mean the, the hypocrisy of something like this. And that is, you know – you know, AOC's former job was a bartender, and and she's, you know, she's in the lane she's in. She's a quote-unquote socialist. She's pushing the Green New Deal, and she's doing whatever she's doing. I always have this joke um, uh, that that because she's a, a product of Justice Democrats, that maybe she has a little earpiece in her ear, and they just tell her what to say, and then she just says it um, in terms of whatever, you know, whatever her time is on. And... And I think that's in in this case it's it's pr- probably an all uh, completely staged tweet, and she got she got sort of called out on it in a in a really unique, funny way. But the hypocrisy really is the fact that um, she does live in a condo just two blocks from Matt Stadium. She drives a Tesla, and why wouldn't she just move her grandmother to her? million dollar condo which actually I have a, have a buddy who lives right down in the same condo and and it's not a it's not a cheap place it's really nice right yeah I don't it's well and the, and the fact that they were they rejected the the money is fascinating and, and I guess they didn't want to get owned whatever yeah it's it's it, again it just all it's all theater yeah it's all theater nothing's and real nothing's anymore. real um, politics is it's completely lost its meaning. Well, and that's a great pivot to the next bit. It news, is. It is. Which I think more will, news. Will, more news, which, you know, we have a treasure trove of, of Dr. Fauci and his emails going back to February, January, February of 2020. And, um, and some really interesting takes on gain of function research in Wuhan and funding that research and America being part of that. And and uh, and a lot of different takes, early takes on mask wearing and social distancing, all of which ran contrary to what we've done for the last year. Well, and it, it, it I, it, I think at the end of the day, um, I don't know that we'll ever really know everything, 
in the in the hindsight you know whether it was a lab leak or it's likely a lab leak in my opinion um you know what's the real science on masks on social distancing you know standing up sitting down you know we've talked about being in a restaurant and it's like oh well i'm not going to get it because i'm sitting down below where the virus resides yeah you know it's stupid um so and the the amount of misinformation that he the guy who's supposed to be the expert in all this uh put out was just astounding yeah and and it just misdirected so many different things and created so many different problems because he's not an economist he's not you know his job is to say this is what the virus is doing or can do or will do or how it's going to and or what we think or what yeah because and, at that time it was more about here's what we think right and you know never did he you know we now know in hindsight that if you're fat you're going to be in that's a real serious problem yeah, obesity is obesity a, was like a huge driver and vitamin d deficiency so instead of saying exercise eat well get outside get some sunshine it was lock yourself in order in you know all this packaged food you know whatever it just the whole thing is just a farce it's the fauci farce well um i i've i've turned him termed him as uh, dr faustus yes. and dr faustus uh, is a play and uh it, it tells about basically a, a, a doctor selling his soul, and and if you look at the the last year, I think there's a there's a dramatic argument you can make of of Dr. Fauci, um, with as much um, nuanced explanation that he's he's given both to the media and then to the Congress, as what we should or should not be doing, all of which change with the wind. Um, you have to you have to question his motivation, and you have to question you know after a year. I mean, the most dramatic thing that happened. It's 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 one thing not knowing about the intricacies of the virus and what it'll do or not do early on. I think that's I think that's fine. It's one thing to ask us to shut down for a week or two, and I think while we while we figure some things out, I think everyone was on board. But then this elongated emergency, which governors, both both Republican and Democrat, have have embraced, um, it's it, the devastation that that has brought to our country, and just the infighting amongst the things you were talking about, social distancing, masking, everything. It's it, it, the question is, has it been worth it? Right. And I think from his emails, you can absolutely conclude no right <laughs> no none of it's been worth it what would have been worth it is to protect and 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 identify those who are most affected by the virus the elderly and those who have um conditions that that the virus attacks heart conditions obesity um uh diabetes mm -hmm. these are the things you know that were at the forefront from the beginning that we knew Shutting down schools, kids wearing masks at schools when they're 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 not 
strong carriers. They, they even if they get COVID, they're they're barely affected. Right. Um, and and here we are a year later, and the devastation is 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 beyond belief. And and there are things that he knew um, about the gain of function research. Also, I think there's a, a group of scientists that were really trying to protect their own their own behinds, their well, own there's, asses there's on this. Clearly, a cover up. Um, because of the funding that had gone to the the Wuhan uh, Institute of Virology, right? Did and again, this was in the hindsight. It is. It was all theater, um, for the most part. Like when he's wearing two masks after being vaccinated, and admitted to Rand Paul. Yeah, I. It's for show. Well, he was the one who said to Rand Paul, "Oh, there you go with the theater again." <laughs> and Rand Paul's like, "No, but you're it, the guy with the mask. Two masks on after being fully vaccinated." But. It is theater, and then and then to not have any clear guidance, and you and I have talked about this a little bit, for people who've had COVID. Right. I mean, do you need one shot, maybe? Do you need any shots? Do you need, there hasn't been much clear guidance, and now it's coming out um, because of multiple studies that are, that are being released, which is great because I've had COVID, my whole family's had COVID, and eventually I'll probably get vaccinated, but I'm in, not in any hurry because I don't need to be. I've got natural immunity. Right. I've got T cell immunity higher than, you know, people who yeah, haven't had COVID. Yeah. So um, all of that and, and living the way we've been living the last year just makes it, it's unfathomable. Well, we're, we're going to, the, the, the real devastation, we've seen the economic devastation. The follow-on devastation is going to be the mental health crisis that we are in and it's only growing, yeah. including drug use, um, Overdose, opiate overdose in in California. I don't remember if it was a county specific thing for LA or if it was California in general. But they're they've had somewhere close, double the number of uh, overdoses, overdoses yeah. from la- than they did at this point last year. I well, mean, just- yeah, but look at what that governor's doing. Okay, you know what my kids call governor? <laughs> Some governor dum dum. <laughs> they just want to go to Disneyland. Right. <laughs> they we all do. And they can't go to Disneyland. I just want to go to Disneyland. Because, because of all these arbitrary rules that they put in place. So we're going and, to Disney World. Yeah, exactly. And and here he is. It's Everyone's looking at this arbitrary date, again, that he's going to open up the state on June 15th. And then he re- he decides, nope, yeah, I'm not, not, not going to do that. And so people, in terms of the mental health portion of what you're talking about that just contributes to it yeah and and the devastation to the service sector in california and, and that's why you have people moving here moving to texas moving to the dakotas idaho florida i mean i mean california people are packing up mm-hmm. and it's not just the people who, who have means i mean it's right. everyone yeah in yeah. a lot of cases it's it's People who don't have means, yeah. in part because housing prices have gotten so crazy, they can sell it and buy a really nice place somewhere else. Yeah. So, yeah. Thanks, Dr. Fauci. Really appreciate Dr. Faustus and all he does. <laughs> uh, we get canceled for that, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whatever. No, but, but what's great now, though, I mean, there's there's a there's a there's a uh, you know, there's a a bright light in that is that a lot of a lot of scientists who have been kind of sidelined and been yelling and screaming about this stuff for a while are are now being sought out to get their perspective on the Wuhan right. leak and, and why they thought that. Because we were all not supposed to talk about that. Right. 
for for the last year. That was that was taboo. That was misinformation, and it wasn't really misinformation. It was just simple logic, right? And so logic would suggest that if you're doing gain of function research, uh, well, wait, if we are funding gain of function research at at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, that and there's a leak and there's a new pandemic that looks rather suspect is the one of the emails that was given to Dr. Fauci that could be man-made right. or weaponized. Um, maybe we should look into that. Yeah. Until we figure out that that that's not the case. We have to. I mean, we just we for the sake of our national security, yeah, and for our ability to deal with this when it happens again. Yeah, I think one of the great things that that President Biden actually could do to show bipartisanship, to sh- to bring the country together in, in in a proactive way, is get both all the leaders of you know the House and Senate together. Say we're going to convene a bipartisan committee, a and and we're going to get to the bottom of this, and it's going to lead wherever it's going to lead, and because the country deserves it. So yeah, I don't think that will happen, but I think that would that would be a that would idea. that would show seriousness. It would show an understanding of you know what is you know bringing some some closure to what's happened over the last year. But we're we, we're going to convene a committee to look into the origins, not just from a intelligence standpoint, but just um, for for the benefit of our, our national security. Yeah, and for the benefit of the healing of the country. Absolutely, and 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 I expect you guys to, to work together on this because the country deserves it. Well, but that won't happen. We can only hope. <laughs> All right, good All right. news. Yeah, big news. <laughs> big news of the week. I'm sure there'll be more. Yep. Thanks for listening.